Part One, Chapter Fifteen of War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne. Chapter Fifteen. To say tomorrow and to preserve the conventional tone of decency was easy enough, but to go home alone to see his brother and sisters, his father and mother, to confess his fault and ask for money to which he had no right after giving his word of honor was horrible. When Nikolai reached home, the family were still up. The young people in their return from the theatre had had supper and were now sitting at the harpsichord. As soon as he entered the room he felt himself surrounded by that poetical atmosphere of love which had reigned all winter in that home, and which, now, after Dolokhov's proposal and Iogel's ball, had seemed to condense around Sonya and Natasha like the air before a thunderstorm. Sonya and Natasha were in the blue gowns which they had worn to the theatre pretty and realizing that fact they stood happy and smiling around the harpsichord vera and shinshin were playing checkers in the drawing-room the old countess waiting for her son and husband was laying out a game of solitaire with the aid of an old noblewoman who made her home in their family denisov with shining eyes rolled up and bristling hair sat at the harpsichord with one leg thrust out behind him and while drumming out the accompaniment with his little short fingers was singing in his thin, hoarse, but eminently true voice some verses that he had composed under the title The Enchantress, and to which he was trying to suit appropriate music. Enchantress, tell what potent charm thou sayest, that to unwanted chords my spirit tends. What magic fire within my heart thou layest, what rapture thrills me to my fingers' ends. He sang in a passionate voice, and fixed his bright, black, agate-coloured eyes on natasha lovely delightful cried she still another verse she urged not yet perceiving nikolai with them it is just the same said the poor boy looking into the drawing-room where he saw his mother and the old lady ah here is nikolenka cried natasha running to him is papenka at home he demanded how glad i am that you have come exclaimed natasha not answering his question we are having such a jolly time. Vasily Dmitrik is going to stay another day, just for my sake. Do you know it? No, Papa hasn't come home yet, said Sonya. Coco, have you come? Come here, dear, cried the Countess from the drawing-room. Nikolai went to his mother, kissed her hand, and, without saying a word, took a seat near her table, and began to watch her hands as she laid out the cards. From the music-room they could hear the sounds of laughter and merry voices trying to persuade Natasha. "'Well, very good, very good,' exclaimed Denisov. "'Now there is no denying you anything. But it's your turn. Give us the baccarola, I beg of you.' The countess noticed her son's silence. "'What's the matter with you?' she asked. "'Ugh, nothing,' said he, as though he had heard the same question till he was weary of it. "'Will Papenka be back soon?' i think so they are the same as ever they know nothing about it where can i hide myself thought nikolai and he went again into the music-room where the harpsichord stood sonya was sitting at it and playing the introduction to the barcarolle which was denisov's especial favourite natasha was preparing to sing denisov was looking at her with enthusiastic eyes nikolai began to pace up and down the room now why should they want to make her sing what can she sing there's nothing here to make a fellow feel happy, ran Nikolai's thoughts. Sonya struck the first chord of the introduction. My God, I am a ruined, dishonorable man. 
a bullet through my brain that is the only thing left for me and not singing his thoughts went on go away but where very well let them sing nikolai continued gloomily to stride up and down the room glancing at denisof and the girls but avoiding their eyes nikolenka what is the matter sonya's eyes fixed up on him seemed to ask she had immediately seen that something unusual had happened to him nikolai turned away from her natasha also with her quickness of perception had instantly noticed her brother's preoccupation she had observed it but she felt so full of merriment at that time her mood was so far removed from grief melancholy and reproaches that as often happens in the case of young girls she purposefully deceived herself no i am too happy now to disturb my joy by trying to sympathize in the unhappiness of another was her feeling and she said to herself no i am of course mistaken he must be as happy as i am it must be that he is as happy as i am myself now sonya said she and she started to go to the very middle of the music-room where in her opinion her voice would have the most resonance lifting her head and letting her hands hang easily by her side just as ballet dancers do natasha with a fine display of energy skipping from her little heels to her tiptoes flew out into the middle of the room and there paused see what a girl i am she seemed to say in answer to denisof's enthusiastic eyes following her now what is she so happy about i wonder queried nikolai as he glanced at his sister and how can it be that she isn't tired to death of it all natasha took the first note her throat swelled her bosom rose her eyes assumed a serious expression she thought of no one of nothing in particular at that moment and from the smiling mouth gushed the sounds those sounds which may proceed in the same tempo and with the same rhythm but which a thousand times leave you cold and unmoved and the thousand and first time make you tremble and weep natasha that winter had for the first time begun to take singing seriously and in large measure because denisof had been so enthusiastic over her voice she sang now not like a schoolgirl nor was there in her singing anything of that ludicrous childish effort which had formerly been characteristic of her she sang far from well as the connoisseurs who had heard her declared not developed yet but still a lovely voice she ought to cultivate it said every one but this was generally some time after the sounds of her voice had entirely died away while this as yet untrained voice breathing in the wrong places and finding it difficult to conquer rapid runs was ringing out even connoisseurs found nothing to say but felt themselves unexpectedly moved by it and only anxious to hear it again in her voice there was a girlish sensitiveness an unconsciousness of her own powers and an untrained velvetiness which were combined with the lack of knowledge of the art of singing in such a way that it seemed as if it would be impossible to change anything in that voice without ruining it what does this mean queried nikolai as he listened to her voice and opened his eyes wide what has come over her how she sings to-day he said to himself and suddenly all the world for him was concentrated on the expectation of the following note the succeeding phrase and everything in the world was divided into those three beats o mio crudela effecto one two three one two three one two o mio crudela effecto one two three ugh 
how foolish our life all is said nikolai to himself all of it all our wretchedness and money and dolokhof and anger and honour it is all rubbish and this is the only real thing there natasha there golubchik there matushka will she take the sea yes she has taken it glory to god salva bohu he said to himself without noticing that he was singing struck in the second a third below in order to support that sea good heavens how nice did i take it right how splendid he said to himself oh how that accord vibrated and how all that was best in rostof's soul came up to the surface and this was something independent of all in the world and higher than all in the world what in comparison with this were his losses and such men as dolokhof and his word of honour all rubbish one might kill and rob and still be happy End of chapter 15